Ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Very first podcast of Zap's podcast. I'm your host, John Zap. <laughs> Tom's going to say that. Um, and today I have a very, my very first guest, John Nicola, um, who's a good friend. I can say now I've known him for I've known you for about two years now because we started on COD, right? Yeah, that's where we first met. Yeah, started on COD. I think I've met you like three times before you like <laughs> invent, like invited me to your wedding. No, so, no, no, because before I came to your house, remember, yeah, and then you fooled me because you said, oh, yeah. I'm as tall as you, yeah. and you're fucking six foot eight. Yeah, a little bit of a height difference, yeah. but um, yeah, we did fool you pretty well. Mm, yeah, you got me pretty good. Um, so, just a bit of background for John. He's a Ironman athlete. He competed this year at Cairns, which is fucking super impressive, and that's what we're gonna, our main discussion is going to be about today, about Ironman, everything before and after. And before, and you also PT. You, do you want me to mention where you work? Or? Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. So oh, you work at Vision. Yeah, at Vision Bangor. Bangor. Yeah. He's a PT there. I highly recommend him. He actually helped me out with a workout plan in the past to get me wedding ready. So wedding I did yep. use it, and it was really good. So if anyone in the area is looking for a good PT, highly recommend John. Um, and let's get started, man. Yeah, is there anything else you want to add? Oh uh, no, let's do it. Let's get it. All oh, right. Yeah. So. I've, I've actually, I don't think I've ever asked you this question because I was saving it for the podcast. I have no idea what questions you're asking. Uh, I didn't well, I have ask. asked you things about Iron Man, like just offline, like on Discord and stuff like uh, that. Oh yeah, Discord, yeah. Yeah, Good but job. I've never actually asked you because I was trying to save it for this episode. <laughs> you're saving all these questions. Yeah, up. 100%. Uh. So I actually wanted to know, because before you start doing like training, like running, swimming and rock, cycling, you were like a pretty gym junkie, like big gym junkie. You used to go... Yeah, I mean, like, I, I went through phases of yeah. um, strength training. But before you met me, yes, I was doing strength training. But yeah. before that, I was actually doing tries. Oh, you so started like, before that as well? Yeah, yeah. Oh. So it, it, it all started ages ago, like, after school. Um, oh, so real early? Like, you started doing tries at school? No, no, no. So, like, I, there's a, like, I started with strength training. Started with strength training for my back. And then working up to doing small tries, which is your, you know, super sprint and sprint distance tries. Um, and then I did a half Ironman mm-hmm. and absolutely burnt out. Yeah. And then after that, I didn't do another run, swim, bike, anything. Right after that race, I went straight to weights, and that's when you met me. Oh. Yeah. So. So I then, what made forth. what made you? What was the bug that got you? Was it that first half? try that you're like man i actually could see myself competing in well doing this. yeah so it all started when i hurt my back okay yeah so i hurt my back when i was a plumber digging holes all i remember day, you telling me baby you used to be a plumber yeah look i didn't finish my apprenticeship because of this back injury mm. so i had a l4 bulge disc and a pinched nerve uh down my left leg and Ooh. um when i was at physio and stuff they're like oh, you can't do plumbing anymore. So I was like, oh, damn, like, what am I going to do? And I had this physio who was a really good, like... Bring the mic closer. Yeah, it's perfect. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he was a really good role model. So um, we um, spoke about it and he's like, BPT, get stronger. And when I was in rehab, I saw these people doing this try, right? I was like, what's this? Like... Mm. 
looks all right like three sports that's pretty crazy mm. and at that time i wasn't even like lifting weights i, I was like doing like theraband movements and just like balancing and just trying to activate my core mm. so like this is like oh my god how are they doing that yeah um so yeah at that point i was like oh what's that and that was that little spark of like interest of why can't i do that yet and like what does it take yeah right? Um, and then from there, I just sort of dig deep. I was like, okay, what is it? It's a triathlon. Okay, what do I have to do? Swim, bike, run. Okay, that seems doable. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a runner. I'm not a swimmer. Mm-hmm. And I rode a bike every now and then. So coming from that sort of... It's a big jump. Of, it is a big jump. Exactly. But when you're in that position where you're not doing much activity, all you want to do is do activity. Oh. Man, I, it's it's that thing where if you when you can't do what you want to do it. Yeah, it's like a really good example is COVID, right? Mm. When before the government was like, all right, you can't leave your house and exercise. Everyone's like, yeah, I don't want to exercise. Mm. The moment he's like, you you're staying at home. Everyone's like, no, you can't stop me. I'm gonna go for a run. <laughs> and, and, you know what? That's so true. Eh? Yeah, was like, I, w- I need to do something. Exactly, and it's sort of the same thing when you're injured. All you want is to be able to do what you used to be able to do. Mm. And I sort of took that and sort of increase and go, well, if I can do anything again, I'm going to do more. Yeah. And that's when I went from sprint to Olympic, Olympic to half, and then half to full. Yes, full being the full marathon. Full Ironman, yeah, full Ironman. Yeah, because that's like... So you kind of when you first saw like those people you were saying like oh what are they doing yeah that kind of sparked you then to go oh this looks pretty interesting and then just progressively worked your way up yeah is that the goal for you like you've always wanted to compete in ironman was that always something you wanted to do before the injury no when that spark so when you saw those people doing that you're like oh that looks definitely yeah i was like i was like i looked at that i was like wow that's like such a long-term goal Mm. And I work well with long-term goals. Short-term okay. goals, not so much, but long-term, like 10 years, perfect. Because yeah. I, I know that I'll get there. Yeah. So it gives me room to fail at certain things or gives me room to you know do something else for a little bit and come back onto it. I just yeah. know I'll do it if That's, I have that A goal. lot of people kind of struggle, in my opinion anyway, I think a lot of people struggle with long-term goals. That's a big skill to be able to commit to 10 years like I know you were saying like that you can like you have room to fail but 10 years is a long it's a long commitment yeah like ha- just having that idea that it will happen it doesn't put too much pressure on you yeah which is what you want but uh, like I said in the first few years I burnt out after doing the half yeah I was like yeah no nah, I'm not that hurt too much when you burnt out were you just sprinting the whole time <laughs> Oh, going into that race, I had injuries. Oh, I was on like okay. um, so anti-inflammatories help. before the race. Mm-hmm. I like took some pain meds so I didn't feel my ankle. Shin splints in both legs. Fuck. Like, what made you want to do? Like, if you had all these injuries, what made you want to do that? Were you just like, I'm gonna do it? I'm gonna do it. Go. If I say I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. Even like, I'm either gonna like come out on an ambulance or I'm just going to lay on the course and just crawl home like it's happening I don't care you know what you remind me of remember how we were saying ages ago we were going to have that race that swim that 50 meter sprint it's it's still going to happen yeah it will and I I remember I said to myself if I have a heart attack in the water 
that's that's fine. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna sprint so hard that if I have a heart attack, it's fine. Like, You're gonna give it everything you got, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, well, I just started swimming recently, so oh. we'll, go, we'll get back. Ten to that year later. goal, right? <laughs> More like just casual swimming. I have no goal. I'm gonna take you down. Yeah. Well, you probably will to the bottom of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's how you got into Ironman, which is crazy. So did it take you the full ten years to prepare? Um, Man, or did you have like a specific training regime you're like okay I'm gonna compete in so you did the Cairns 2022 so yeah a few months ago yeah yeah yep. and were you like okay I need at least two years no so um, I've been with my coach Pete mm. for quite a while now I think since 2000 early 2017 okay so five years before I am in yeah five yeah. years before I am in and um, well, maybe one 2016 um, anyway I was uh, with him for a while and I was like you know I want to do a half how long do I need and he's like oh you know you need to be very consistent for at least a year mm. possibly two I was like oh okay I'll give you one year I'm going to do it in one year he's like mm, okay <laughs> anyway I should have listened to him at that stage because he knew what he was talking about I didn't but I wanted it yeah and, it's a good um, learning experience though yeah for sure and you know after that learning experience when I went up to him I'm like I'm going to do a full he's like alright you need you know very consistent training two three years okay. you know you need to feel it you need to be in it you got to work for it I was like mm. okay I'll listen to you this time like whatever you say goes and he's like okay cool so we're going to do that and we worked towards it um, I was going to do Port Macquarie actually but with COVID and everything it you know that's extended right. it right like yeah, I couldn't I remember. do anything so. I remember you saying you were going to do that yeah and um, you know the tickets didn't come out because they were doing rollovers from the year before mm. when they couldn't do it and I was like okay what can I do and cans came up and the ticket was on sale I was like I work really well if I buy it I'm going to do it like because I've invested in it so the moment it came out I was like bought paid for yeah and that was like a year away I was like sick See, I, I, I agree with that mentality because when I, you pretty much encouraged me to buy that calorie tracking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's yeah. that, carbon? Yeah, carbon. Yeah. I'm finding that I'm using that probably far more because I'm invested in that. And I think it does help, like, especially, especially when you're putting probably a lot more money than what you would normally put, like, if that makes sense. Because it's quite expensive. Like, I paid a hundred bucks for six months or something yeah. like that. Like, where you can get my fitness pal for free. Yeah, that's true. I find just being in the fitness industry when people uh, put money on the line, they generally... They want to get, it, get their yeah, money. Yeah, they don't want to waste the money. No one really wants to waste money. Yeah. So you got the free tracker, sure, but like, you know, yeah. if you don't use it for a week, oh, didn't lose anything. But if you feel like you're losing money, it definitely motivates some people. Yeah, 100%. I, 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 Jesus, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Um, so going back to your training, so you were saying, okay, you need at least three years. Was there like, I remember you were talking about maybe two months before you were saying like you had hell month. This oh, is two months before yeah, I am yeah. for everyone uh, listening. Yeah. So we, we call it peak week or, you know, the build or yeah. So it's just a week or like a month of progressive overload in a way. Yeah. So, you but know. A crazy overload, right? It's not like a little bit. It's not... It, it it seems like a lot more because you've already done you know months and months of 
building, mm. you're already fatigued. You know, you, you're never really feeling great. Yeah. And then you get given, you know, you know, a big block of training that's just, you know, grinding the last little bit of life out of you. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm in it now. Did you have to do more than one hell month though? No, not necessarily. No, not really. We, it's all it's all very um, scripted sort of stuff that you build into it and then yeah. you've got this specific um, block that's going to build you up make you really fit just before yeah because it's like this fine tuning of okay get really really fit but with as like without getting injured and without getting super like tired as well yeah you know fatigue is going to play a big part of that because if you come up to you know a week out of your, your race and you're like oh, I'm still fatigued like this isn't good yeah you know you're going to defeat the purpose of it. So, yeah, okay. It's very specific, um, but yeah, we don't do it all the time, no. Okay, so speaking of specifics, did you find that um, you had to follow specific nutrition? Because I've, I've listened to like a couple other podcasts like on Joe Rogan and yeah. other people and they say like, oh, you know, going keto really helped or going vegan really helped or going... Like people do all these crazy yeah. sort of like diets. Totally. Did you find that you had to do something specific as well? Like, or you found something that you worked for you? Are we talking about in race nutrition or just like everyday nutrition? I'll probably say race nutrition, like nutrition, as you were yes. building up to go Ironman. Yeah, so my rate in race nutrition is very specific. Okay, wait, hold on, let me just backtrack. In race, not on the day in race, I'm talking about like building up to oh, my build block is yeah. my nutrition different yeah um it is different to a degree i am eating a lot more um just because the amount of volume i'm doing mm-hmm. you know i i generally hold around 80 to 82 kilos just normally mm-hmm. eating my normal food which is about three three and a half thousand calories mm-hmm. as maintenance uh, with my training at yeah. that time. But when I went into that block of higher intensity, I was eating like four, four and a half thousand. Yeah, because you're doing crazy. Easy, easy. Yeah. Um, crazy workload. And I struggle with eating. Like, to me, I don't want to eat. If I had the choice of not eating, I would not eat because I find it more of a chore than mm. a pleasure. I find, especially when you start becoming like a high level, like what you are, like high level athlete, it's eating for purpose not eating for joy yeah you're eating for fuel you, 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 you're eating because you know if you don't eat your run's going to be terrible or you know you're going to bonk halfway through your ride or, yeah and you got you got to fuel it right you got to treat it like you know your engine but did you did you eat a specific way so did you go keto or did you or you just like carbs whatever like just clean foods like whole foods uh, look I eat like uh, I think I might have told you before like flexible sort of way like you know if I eat you know, a lot of carbs one day, um, you know, I might have overeaten. I'm not going to eat a massive, massive dinner. Like, mm-hmm. I have that I, I have that knowledge to be like, okay, I've eaten too much today, I'm not going to eat more. Yeah. Or I haven't eaten enough today, I'm going to eat more now. Okay. So, like, it plays hand in hand. I had, didn't go keto, I didn't go, you know, carnivore, I didn't go mm-hmm. to any of those extremes. I sort of just stayed in what I knew, my lane, yeah. and I just sort of ate more. Or less, depending on you know if I trained more or if I felt a certain way. Did you did you feel like it worked eating that way? Like you felt pretty much good all the way through. Like you felt fueled. Like obviously, I know you'd be feeling fatigued because the amount of training you're doing is insane to begin. Yeah, with. yeah. But just like on the days that you're not training and you're eating 
normally? Did you feel okay? Like, did you ever feel bloated when you ate? Did you ever feel, or you just like, yeah, you know, no, all seems feel... to be working pretty well. Yeah, no, I didn't. I don't think I ran into any of those problems um, with eating. Like, um, normally for breakfast, I'll have wheat pix mm. every day, pretty much, yeah. and I'd normally have like eight. But in Ironman, man, what a machine! But in Ironman training, we're talking fifteen to eighteen. The, so wait, two bowls, on. two bowls in the morning. Of in the morning, no, no, just in the morning. Oh, okay, okay. Just in the morning of training, I would have that. Okay, and that would fill me up. You know, go through. That's training a solid amount. That's like half a box. That I went through way fix the cheese. You know, <laughs> yeah, well, we're good. Fair. We're good. Um, the amount of honey I was eating, but I was like, oh, maybe I should slow down on this. But um, oh, you know, just going through it as quick as the wheat picks, right? Wow, yeah. That's crazy. Because I'm, I'm a, I love honey. I love, and the thing I love about honey, it's pretty much straight carb, but it's so nutrient dense. Yeah. Like you could add like thirty grams, and it's like what one hundred and fifty calories or something. It's, it's delicious. Yeah, it tastes great too. So yeah, no, I'd, I'd be putting that in my diet as well. It's in my diet right now. Honey, I have yeah. it in my protein shake, and it's like super easy to like calculate as well. Mm. Um. I also went with sandwiches as well. I went through a phase of jam sandwiches. Like, instead of having one, I would have two. Yeah. And that would be like during the day. And then dinners would always be the biggest. Like, mm. as many schnitzels as I could have, my broccolis, like, you know, all that sort of the corn. Yeah. Loved it. Ate yeah. heaps of that. And I sort of stuck around that sort of basic nutrition mm. to fuel me, really. I didn't really change anything massively because you know if you change something you're going to get that effect in some other way and if you haven't trained with that you know you you don't know yeah so I, oh yeah. man i it's funny because like the weekend that just went past was father's day and yeah. i don't my biggest weakness is chips so i kind of i love the flavor i love eating chips but i know it kills me <laughs> every time like i always get a sore throat or i feel bloated so i kind of tend to avoid it yeah but you know it's once every blue moon that you have it so yeah exactly i didn't eat much that day and i ended up gaining a kilo so i don't know i don't know if it's because i don't eat it often and it just doesn't my body's not yeah. used to it it's not agreeing with me well weight fluctuates so much yeah. like after, before a ride i can be 82 mm. and then after a ride i'll be 80 or 79 yeah, because you've got yeah, but okay. To give to paint the picture for the people listening, his rides. I think your training rides are at least forty k's, at least. Uh, on the weekends. Yeah. At uh, least, least a hundred. Yeah. See, so there you go. It's so like a crazy ride. At least a hundred. In between a hundred, hundred forty. Yeah. Um. Yeah, depending on where I am in the build. Mm. Um. Yeah, I try and stick a stick around that. Yeah. The weekend but during the week you'll be like 40k of like either intervals or um maybe 80k of intervals yeah depending all right well we've i think we've gone through your nutrition and you're kind of build up going towards iron man yeah let's talk about iron man so how are you feeling on the day like because oh, you would have flown you probably would have had probably i wouldn't say your stress levels went up going but you would have been nervous well you, you know like you're there like you know, I was I, watching you the whole time. Well, not watching you, like I was, because I was in Sydney, you were yeah. in Queensland, so I was watching you through the app. I was as soon as you started, I think it was like eight o'clock yeah. or eight thirty. I was watching you swim, and I would just keep tabs on you. Yeah. Like, Look at this machine go. And then when you got on the bike, 
that's when you started taking over people. Like, come on, man, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I get very excited on the bike. Yeah. Uh, but the stress levels, like, on the day, like, I knew I put the work in. Mm. I was feeling good. You know, I had a really good um, deload. Just felt like I was in the moment. Like, I, I knew everyone was telling me, like, oh, just try and be in it. You know, you only get to race your first ones. Mm. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to just take a deep breath in and be here. And I did, and I was like, this is really sick. This is this is awesome. I see all these other competitors, and mm. they look stressed. They look nervous. I was like, oh, this is good. I that's, like this. That's a really good mentality to have going into a race. Yeah, you got to really absorb it when you do it. Mm. Um, but stress before, stress before the race. Yeah, if, um, I think that's very normal, though. Like, because you don't know what to expect. You don't know what's going to happen on the day. Like, you've never done it. Like, all the prep work. Because you, and we'll, we'll actually get into that now. Like on the day you got up at three in the morning yeah, yeah. just so you and your race was at 8 30 uh sometime around then yeah, yeah yeah so what were you how come you had to get up at three in the morning is that because like you had to fuel up and yeah. then prepare well yeah when i race i like waking up a little bit earlier than normal yeah. just because i can get my nutrition in for the morning if anything goes wrong i have time to fix it less stress you know just flows a little bit better mm. and you just all you gotta do is take away like a little bit more sleep and you know go to bed earlier mm. and you you can do that right um but yeah just just to be a little bit more relaxed waking up that little bit earlier yeah. but you have to drive to the course you have to find parking you gotta find your transition pump your tires off if you need to you know just double check everything mm. being super organized and just yeah yeah being no that's there. crazy because like so did you leave your because you had to you bought your own bike yeah did you have it already there yeah so the day before you have to rack your bike put it in the place that um, your number is yeah and everyone has to do that and then you leave it overnight okay yeah, so I know. yeah, yeah. Man, I, I can't get over well I can't I can understand because I get up most mornings at 4.30 just so I can go to the gym and then go to work after 3.30 is absolutely crazy yeah uh, you know what I find that if you wake up before 4.30 it doesn't even matter like it's, you, it's so early it doesn't matter that extra little bit more is just like nah. yeah that's fair but you're already running on like a bit of a, adrenaline a bit of adrenaline yeah, yeah totally so you're, totally. you're waking up you're like I'm, I'm like it's ready game right. day right yeah, it's game day yeah. I like it I remember I woke up out of bed and I had a bang of sleep like I just hit the sheets and I was like out yeah didn't wake up through the night woke up and I was like music on and I just got out of bed and I was like, oh, was it was some sort of hard style music. I was just yes, like, sir. bangers were pumping. I was like, this is a good vibe. Got changed, had everything already in the car ready. All I needed to do was like get changed and get in the car. So yeah. That's good. No, that's awesome, man. So what was the hardest point, hardest part of the race for you? Was it the swimming? Was it the cycling? Or was it the run? I feel like the run would be the hardest because that's right at the end and you're already fatigued from the swimming and the cycling. That's my the opinion. Hardest it, so. part of what the race, I'd say the most challenging part I can remember, like where it hurt the most, was when I was on the bike coming back. So it was about a hundred and I'd say fifty-five-ish k's in. Yeah, and oh, like chafe. Like, oh man, I didn't even think new, about that actually. Yeah, it was like. My nutrition, I stuffed up a little bit with my nutrition. Um, I felt that. And like the wind, the headwind coming back, 
legs. Like I was just in a lot of pain. Yeah. But I was like close enough to finishing the bike that I was like, oh, I just got to just got to grind this last bit out. And I just felt like the road was lasting forever. I was like, every little bump was like shooting through my oh, back. And man. I was like, oh. So the like, I want to touch base on like what what you mean by like you stuffed up your nutrition a little bit. Like, yeah. So what happened? Okay, so I had um, four bottles on my bike. Two of them were very large bottles, mm-hmm. like longer than other ones. Hold probably nine fifty mil. Yeah. The other ones were seven. 750 yeah so i had two other bottles that i had already drunk and i threw them to pick up water from the uh, aid station so Mm -hmm. they hold bottles out and you can ride past them and grab it yeah so i did that to two of the bottles and i had already finished one of the large bottles Mm -hmm. but in my head i had finished all my bottles so i was like oh i got no nutrition i gotta use the aid station as nutrition and i didn't train on that Oh. So when I had my first sip of it, it was bubbly and I was just like burping. I was like, nah, this is not good. I cannot do this. So what, was it like water? I guess it wasn't water. You no, know, it's not water. It's, so there's two bottles you can get, water or their nutrition. So what, is it like a protein shake? Like what is No, that? it's their like carby drink that they oh, have on, okay. on race day. So they're sponsored by a certain um, nutrition um, drink and they, they have that on course. Okay. So I tried one of those bottles and drank that. I was like, nah, not good. Yeah. So I chucked that bottle. I was like, replace it for water. I was like, all right, just sipping water now. Like I have some goose, but I pulled my goose out of my back pocket and four of them fell out onto oh, the ground. Oh man. Yeah. So I had one goo and that was like, not enough. I knew I was like, yeah, no, this isn't good. But, that, but that, that's just an accident. It's not like you, yeah. it's not like you weren't prepared. Yeah. It no. just, you know shit happens exactly right yeah. um but anyway yeah so i'm thinking that i have no bottles of nutrition so i'm like riding for like 20k and i'm like yeah i got nothing and then i was like oh no i'm just gonna check i'm just gonna check because like what if I come around and fill the bottle pull it around it's full i'm like oh my god this is like this is gold to me right now. I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make it home. Yeah, yeah. So I start drinking that, and I'm like, oh, okay, I can start feeling better now. Like I'm getting back. Yeah. And I backed off the pace a little bit, so I didn't burn too much more. Mm. Um, and I made it back. I made it back. But that that situation was the challenging hurt. Yeah. Right. A lot of things went wrong, and my mind could have gone to a bad place. But very quickly. Actually. In training, I already planned bad situations so yeah. i was already ready for okay this happens like it's not the end of the world i can coast back home if i need to yeah so that was, it sounds yeah, like a bit of a chess match like the way you're like okay you know i've got to pay i've got to pull my pace back a little bit you know because i know if i do i'll burn out like you've just got this constant ongoing calculation in your head yeah because you know sure. your body you know you yeah. know how you're feeling yeah i had a big headache on the turnaround point i was like oh because of like hydration or yeah. just okay because of the bottle situation i was yeah. just drinking water i was like this isn't good yeah yeah but um but yeah that was probably the most challenging challenging part the run was fine like my watch died halfway through mm. that was just like annoying but it you know like just being in that experience was enough to keep me going it's like hey look what, what's rapid. the watch for is that just the track like so you pace? can pace yourself okay. yeah you can you know your heart rate you know your pace it helps because that's what you do in training. Yeah. But when you don't have that, you're like, oh, okay, I'm a bit lost now. But, you know, is it going to stop me racing? No. So mm. it didn't 
do that much when you're halfway through the run. Yeah, I, that's crazy. I actually didn't know about that. So, now that's cool. Did I would have thought, actually, let's paint a picture. Let's backtrack a little bit. So, can you just explain the amount of distance for Ironman and each, so for each run, cycle, and swim? Yeah. yeah. So, you start with a swim. It's a 3.8 kilometer swim. And that's in the ocean too. So, there's like, yeah. you know, you're swimming against tide. Yeah, so it was actually pretty wavy that day. There's a little bit of chop. Mm. Uh, you're swimming around people. They're swimming over you. Like, bit messy. Yeah, it's not just like swimming in the pool doing laps and you, yeah. know, you can see everything. It was quite murky. Like you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. Yeah. So you're always like sighting, which is when you, instead of turning your head to the side, you'll look ahead of you. Mm. Or if you have the shore to your side, you'll just try and like pinpoint something yeah. and know where you are. Okay. But yeah, a lot of like sighting, which slows you down quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, and then you go to the bike, which is your 180 kilometer ride. That's absolutely crazy. Uh, it gets bigger from with different races as well. So this is... Well, I actually want to talk to you about that, but we'll, we'll talk yeah, about Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then you finish your um, race off with a run, mm. which is your 42.2 kilometer marathon yeah. event. Yeah. So that's that's the race, and then you got your transitions in between, which are quite short. You just run up, yeah, change and get going. I I didn't realize that because when I was watching, I just this I just assumed that when you do all those three like the three races or the three activities, yeah, 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 that it wasn't looped. I didn't realize that. So you actually so with the swim, you actually swim in like a circle sort of thing. Like you go up and down, then up and down. It's yeah, it's like, like laps. Yeah, it's my, it's like a rectangle. Rectangle. You swim to a boy. You turn right. You swim a certain distance. Left, 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 left. Yeah, left and back, and then left back in. Yeah. See, I didn't realize. I thought it was like a straight shot, like just one straight long distance swim. Then it was a straight cycle, and then it was also a straight run. But they all kind of loop. Yeah, yeah, most of them are, you know, each race is different, but, you know, trying to keep it as close together for the race, like, for the competitors as well, like, trying to keep everyone close is probably a better idea than, like, doing, you know, 1.9 kilometers out and 1.9 back. Yeah. It just keeps everyone close. And, you know, the, the fans and all the people that are watching, you know, they get to see everyone a little bit more when... Um, they, they run past or bike past them. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's, man, I've got to give it to you because one thing that you said to me, this was before Ironman, I think you said you wanted to do it the whole race in 12 hours. That was like your yeah. goal. Yeah. So with my training and how I, like I incorporated like things going wrong, like a flat tire, that would be like 15 minutes. If, oh, so you took all that into consideration. It's not like, yeah. okay. Because oh, I, okay. I didn't want to set myself a goal that was not achievable. I'm very yeah. realistic with my goals. It's like, can I do that? Well, that's pushing it. I'd rather give it a little bit more and try and smash it and feel better about it. Yeah. I didn't even think about it. Like, honestly, I didn't even realize like, yeah, tires can pop when you're, when you're cycling. Yeah, and, for sure. Um, swimming, I don't think there'd be much of an issue unless you, like, I guess worst case scenario is you cop a cramp or something. That's uh, not ideal. Yeah, I haven't copped a cramp. Um, but like your goggles can fill up with water. Yeah. That's really annoying. That would be, a, especially because you're swimming in salt water too and it's just burning. Yeah. That's probably what I was most nervous about, to be honest. Like I could swim the distance. I don't know if my goggles could hold on for the distance because in training, I've had huge problems with my goggles just filling up with water the moment I jump in. I'm like, oh. 
and that will get you mentally. You'll be like, I don't want to do this. This sucks. I can ima- like I used to swim squads, so I know what that's yeah. like. And it's like when your goggles fill up, like literally within the first ten seconds, you're like, this is yeah. gonna suck. Exactly. So like every training session I did with swimming, I would like know exactly the pattern I'll do mm. to get the goggles to stick to my face, and then I'd train. You know, I'd swim the three point eight straight. And I'd make sure it doesn't fill up with water. Yeah. And if it did, I'd be like, okay, I need to change this. I need to move like a strap higher or I need to make it tighter or looser until I found that perfect yeah. sort of setting for my face. And it sort of just... It's crazy. You need a setting for goggles. Yeah. That's actually, yeah, totally. I, I, like there's so... Like those minute things I had no... Like I wouldn't even think twice about like goggles and like deep... Like you would think that cycling, you would be thinking about tires. Like in that situation, if you had... If your tire popped, like, where are you getting another tire from? Or do you have to repair it? Yeah, so I actually had a spare tire. So most competitors have spares on their bike. Right. To- but it's not like a spare, like a not like a car, like a spare rim. You've just got the rubber. Just got the inner tube, yeah. yeah. Depending on what tires you're running. Okay. Um, yeah, I had a tube ready to change it over if I needed to. Yeah. But before the race, I put brand new tires, brand new inner tubes. Yeah. Did all that. So it was like minimum minimizing like All the of chances of any sort of puncher yeah for sure yeah what about running was there any risk for running like the only thing i could think of is shoes well i mean it's at the end of the race so you probably got the most amount of risk of did you burn too much energy doing the bike oh right okay but not like risk in the sense like oh your tire popped or your goggles filled up the only thing i can think of is like oh your shoes break part i mean some people don't wear socks and some people get really, really bad blisters and they're bleeding while they're running and you can see it through their shoe. Yeah. Like that sort of stuff happens. Chafing under your armpits, that happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. The energy thing. But yeah, there's always something that can go wrong, right? Yeah. Well, when you're doing a crazy like event for that long, when you told me like, yeah, I'm going to start at eight and I'll probably finish at eight o'clock at night. That was just already, I couldn't believe that. Like a 12 hour race is insane. But how did you go? So how did you go in your race? Like what did you place? How fast did you go? Um, so I did a 10.52, which is, you know, an hour eight ahead of what I thought I would do. Congrats, that's huge. Yeah, so I was super stoked with that. I didn't think I would get anywhere near the 10s. Um, placing wise, oh, I'd have to go back and have a look at it. But it wasn't like terrible or anything. Like mm. I was probably mid mid pack, if anything. That's crazy. That's really good for your first race, man. Yeah, you like in the little minus say under nothing. No, like <laughs> it was it was really good for my first race. Like I have a good idea of um, what to expect now. Like mm. I just wanted to finish and enjoy myself for that first race. And you know, the next one will be all right how hard can I push? Like, where can I push? Mm. How'd you feel after the first race? Oh, I was broken. (laughs) Nah, like, I don't know if I can even like describe the pain I was in on this podcast. Like, (laughs) how long did it last? Like, when you say pain, like just full body aches. Oh, like, like, yeah, I had the full body aches, but I had so much chafing from the bike. Yeah. Like, you know how I said I was in pain? Like, I couldn't it showed the next day. Because we have these things called saddle sores, right? It's like when you get friction on the point of where you're sitting on your seat, okay? Okay. 
So if you're riding on a bike for five and a half, six hours, and you're just where it's where you're sitting on is just rubbing slightly, mm-hmm. and it's like a little bit like where from you know the swim, it's a little bit salty from you sweating, and it's just sitting there and rubbing, and with the vibrations from the road, it causes the saddle sore, right? Okay. And it's it's almost like a, a pimple, right? But like it's super rubbing. and it's super super deep. Okay. So it's not a pimple where you can just like eh, pop it and it's yeah. done. It's it's deep and it swells up. And normally I have one the size of like a 50 cent piece after like a big, big ride in training. Yeah. This one was the size of like a $5 note. Like it was fully joking? covering. Yeah, it was like right in my groin. And I couldn't even walk without feeling it moving side to side. That's how big it was. It was honestly like this big. Yeah. That is. And it hurts so, so much. That was the worst part about it, just that saddle sore. How long did that last? It lasted like a week, week and a half before it started going down. Yeah, that that hurt. Okay, so that's... I can't believe that. That's absolutely mental. So... Right after that, did you go for a big feed? Or were you oh, just like, I'm going to sleep? Straight after the race? Yeah, straight after the race. What, what was the first thing you did? I remember I wanted to get... Um, I wanted to have a shower. I wanted mm-hmm. to sit in the shower and I wanted to eat Maccas. I, wanted to have, <laughs> I, wa- I was like, I'm going to have Maccas. I deserve Maccas today. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to have nuggets and I'm going to buy two cheeseburgers. I'm going to buy, you know, two sets of cheers. I'm going to have the Coke. I'm going to just have everything. I don't care. Yeah, and I well, remember, you're done with the race now, so yeah, yeah. And I remember my mum went and bought it for me, and like bring it back to the hotel with my sister, and you know, Chrissy was there. She was like helping me like walk, and I had like a, a few bites of the burger, and I was like, oh, oh like, like it didn't it didn't hit? Like it no, didn't, it was like satisf- it was satisfying, but it wasn't. I didn't finish it. Like I thought yeah. I could eat all this food, but I was just not feeling okay. I was like. I was out of it. I just needed to sleep. I just yeah. needed to stop. And yeah, I didn't finish any of it. Like, it was... How um, long did you sleep for? I just... I think a little bit of a sleep in in the morning. Yeah. But I think just like not doing anything the next day. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like you just... I'm surprised you weren't like in bed for the rest of the day. No, no. I had um, some of the uh, other boys come around and they made me had tequila shots in the morning and gave me a beer and... Then we went and got cocktails and I was broken. <laughs> like, That's one way to celebrate. Yeah, like I was, yeah, I was not okay. That hit me so hard. Like one tequila shot. Well, especially if you've got nothing in your stomach too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's good chatting to everyone. And like, you know, you can say you don't want to do all that sort of stuff. But when you're, when you've just done this race that you wanted to do for so long, sometimes it's okay to just live in it and just like yeah, yeah okay maybe I will do this just because it's the experience you know well you also it's your first it's your first one you want to celebrate for sure you know why not you know I honestly I don't know how I honestly wouldn't know how I would react to this day I, I think I, I honestly think I'd just be in bed for two just days just cry yeah, yeah just cry all day <laughs> yeah literally alright so that's how you felt do you plan on doing another Ironman next I've year I've already booked one you've, you've already paid for tickets yeah like already, already paid for Ironman. Flights, accommodation, ticket, everything. I booked it not even long after Cairns. You're an absolute machine. 
Well, I mean, if you're going to do it, you know. Well, you love it that much, it. you got a tat, right? Yeah, I got the tat. I got the brand. Like, uh, a lot of people would be like, oh, you got the tat. Like, why did you do that? But it's it's a very memorable moment. Well, not even that. It's it's the why to, like, it's the meaning to why I did it, mm. right? It's more than just, oh, there's a tattoo on your leg. It's, it's it represents that I did it. Like, mm. I started from, you know, not moving with an injury, going through this journey of, okay, I got to work my way back up. Yeah. Battling through that and then completing it. That's the reason I got it. Not because I did it because, you know, it's this distance. Yeah. It's the stuff I did before it. Do you plan on being more competitive this time? Like, do you want to try and place higher? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. I want to do New Zealand because it got... What's oh, in New Zealand the next yeah. one? So oh, I'm jumping okay. in the ditch and I'm going over there. Um, yeah, I just want to do it because it's, you know, spoken about how beautiful it is and how nice. Oh, right. And I was like, you know what? I'm all about that. I'll, I'd want to do that. Yeah, fucking man. And maybe the next time I'll go like Bustleton or something like that. Mm. And then I'll give it a red hot crack and see what I can actually do. But... I won't be competitive unless I get my running speeds up. Like mm. some of the other guys that are racing my age group are like absolute weapons. Yeah. Like beating my time by like an hour and a half. Whoa. Like, yeah. Like that's absolutely, do you ever like, if you did improve your run, would you ever want to go pro? Or you just kind of like, you just enjoy doing the Ironman? Like, nah, just pro doesn't, Nah, I don't want to go pro. Okay. I think I want to keep this as like my hobby, my thing. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, no expectations. Just go yeah. out there, destroy your legs and have <laughs> yeah. fun, right? Like, <laughs> be in bed for the next two days after. Yeah, exactly. It. Yeah, I just want to be in bed for two days. That's it. Um, and going back to what we were talking about before, because you were saying how there's like even crazier events. Yeah. So you've got the ultra marathon and the ultra tries, right? Yeah. So it's like a twenty-four hour race. Well, with Ironman distance, you they generally don't try and put as much elevation, Mm. how much you climb in the bike and run. So like try to keep it flat. Yeah, they try and keep it as flat. Like give or take a few different races. Don't really care. They just do it. Yeah. Um, you know, there's races out there that they'll throw elevation in there, and there's you know, ultra triathlon races that are like double, double that distance. And it's like, it doesn't end. And that excites me. I'm like, sick. Like, I'm never going to be like, one of my sayings is um, always happy, never satisfied. Okay. What what does that mean? Like, what do you mean? So, so I'm happy with what I did, but I'll always want more. Oh, okay. And and it keeps me on this track of, okay, you did well today. Good work. You smashed it. But now what? Because if there's... the next thing? Yeah, if there's not a next thing, I'm either going to get too comfortable in my own head and be like, oh, no, I did it. That's cool. Yeah. Or I can be like, okay, what am I working towards next and keep moving forward, right? Yeah. So I use that. That's pretty cool. I like that, actually. Yeah, that keeps me going. But I think after New Zealand, I'm going to go try and do ultra running mm-hmm. and some sort of um, big tour bike ride sort of thing I'm thinking Brisbane to Sydney or Sydney to Melbourne okay over like a few days yeah yeah um, and I do want to do an ultra run or even just so the 100k I want to do mm-hmm. but I'm still tossing up the 160k run how long does that take roughly oh I think it would be roughly the same 
the hundred k would be like in between thirteen to fifteen hours, maybe. <laughs> That's just baffling for me. That's insane. Um, and then the hundred and sixty, you know, it's That's not really about hour. time, right? It's a, it's about just trying to finish it. Mm. It's not about pace. It's about the experience and like being alone with yourself for that long and breaking yourself to the point where you like learn something new. And yeah, that's appealing to me. I was I was talking to my dad because I was saying like oh, I'm how I'm going to interview you for my my first episode. Yeah, and he was like, oh, what is he doing? I'm like, oh, he's an Ironman, and we ended up talking about like different races and stuff. And he goes, oh, have you ever heard of? Would, oh, sorry. He goes, would your mate ever do the? I think it was. I don't think they do it anymore. It's the Sydney to Melbourne run. And it goes over five days. It's like 1,000 and I think 1,080 kilometers. Yeah, right. Absolutely That's mental. Natural. Like, would you ever, like, would you ever do something like that? But I don't think they do it anymore. Like, because I've Googled it and I think they yeah. stopped in like the 80s or something. Look, I, I don't, I wouldn't say no to anything, but I wouldn't say it would be on, it wouldn't be on the agenda in the next 10 years. Okay. Like that, like if certain things came up and I was doing really well with running, I, Hit a few 160k runs. I was like, "Yeah, this is actually really sick. I'm super invested." Yeah. What's the next best thing? And then someone's like, "Oh, I'm doing this run." You know, if life is in the position where you know everything's good, okay, cool. Like, let's let's talk about it. Yeah. But I'm not gonna just say no to something like that when I haven't really thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Like, and I think you really have to think a lot when you're gonna do a crazy 1,000 kilometer run. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think it would be like, it would be like 100K mm. or something a day or, you know. I don't have know. Like, it, I, I remember looking it up and it was like, you start every day, you start at 6 a.m. and you finish at 12 a.m. So you're running for 18 hours and then you have a six hour rest and yeah. then you're back at it again. And you've got like, look, you've got like the cars that are following you throughout the race yeah. to make sure you're okay. Yeah. yeah. Look, there's, if you go to America, they have like amazing races. They got this one race where it's like a knockout race and you, there's this like eight kilometer loop, right? Mm. And everyone starts the loop and you have to finish within an hour, right? Okay. So if you finish the eight kilometer loop in say, you know, 50 minutes, mm-hmm. you've got 10 minutes to rest before you go again. And if you don't make that time cut, you're out. If you don't start the next lap, you're out. And you keep going until you can't do it anymore. And now this lady overseas, I forgot her name, but she did 283 kilometers before she stopped. Man, that's crazy. That's mental. Like The sky's the limit with endurance events. Yeah, I'd I'd love to know... Like, when you're doing something like that, like, surely they have, like, some type of nutrition that they have to follow strictly to be able to run for 283Ks. Like, that's in- that's insane. For sure. Like, I'm sure they... I'm pretty sure she has, like, a husband, like, with her, like, um, helping her out. Not yeah. during the, like, on the event running with her, but, like, yeah, you know, yeah. when she comes like, in for rest, it's like... like waters you know, and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. But, like... You know, she's one of the best. Yeah. There is, like... That's... That's what you do when you're the best. Yeah, exactly. And unless you're doing stuff like that, I don't think anyone should be like, oh, you know, I've hit my capacity, I'm done. Like, yeah. if there's more out there, go get it. 
I can keep going. You're a big inspiration, man, for a lot of people who... I, I hope people who are listening to this podcast, if they are, like, I hope people listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> it might just be you and me talking. <laughs> it's just us two listening. Um, <laughs> but if people are thinking about going for Ironman, that, you know, just go for it. And just be mentally prepared that it's going to be, you know, physically taxing, but it's going to yeah. be worth it in the end. Oh, like, to be able to say you did Ironman is absolutely mental. Like, I wanted to go and compete in the Olympics for Karate 2020. It was the first time ever karate became an Olympic sport. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I was pretty decent at karate. I, I always wanted to go and compete. This is probably my opportunity now. Hope the coffee's still warm. I don't think it's good. Think it's warm. Tastes good. Oh, that's nice. what I like. Um, but I ended up shooting myself in the foot and that's a whole other story. Yeah. I'm probably, I'm hoping to get Christina Ma on my next episode. Okay. Actually, no, I'll have Shannon my next one. And then I'm hopefully I can get Christina. Yeah. Cool. So for those who are listening, Christina Ma is a world champion, um, the first female world champion. Oh wow! In Australia, for karate in her division. That's amazing. And we and we train at the same dojo. And when I did my black belt gradings, I she was I think my third opponent when I had to do the sparring. Yeah. She whooped your ass. Didn't oh, she? dude, she you could tell she was toying with me. I knew but she cheated oh, me up as well man. like she was great to spar with because like I fought the other like these other two black belts and they were only first done and I definitely felt I was better than them and then my Shihan put Christina in and I could tell that she was absolutely toying with me I could tell and then that kind of cheated me up because I'm like oh you know I want to show how good I am and then we kind of had a bit of a spa, but I could tell like she could just roundhouse me in three seconds. I'd be straight up the floor. Yeah. So I'd love to have her on and talk to her and ask her like what it was like for her to compete. For sure. At, like especially in the world champions, like winning Whole different games. Whole different games. Because I think she tried to go, like she went to go Olympics, but I'd like to talk to her about that as well. And another guy, sorry, just keep jumping between topics now. There's another guy at my dojo. Well, I'm not going to say my dojo. I haven't trained there for a while now. Um, pretty sure his name is Sanari, and he competed in the Olympics in in Japan. Oh wow! And I was like, I trained with this guy, dude. Like, how insane is that? So you've already like trained with the best. I tr- I trained with the Australian team. Perfect. Yeah. So, but again, I'll save it for like the podcast with Christina because I'm sure we'll touch on the Olympics and how to get there and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I wish I kind of stuck to it and, you know, see what see what it would have led to if I had actually maintained my training and see if I actually could have made the Olympics. That would have yeah. been pretty cool. For sure, I'd be interviewing you. Yeah. John's made a podcast just for that. <laughs> just one off. Yeah. Man, John, I'll pop, I think we'll wrap it up here. Yeah. Um, thanks for coming on, man. Do you want to, like, tell people about your socials if people want to get in contact with you or anything like that? Oh, yeah, look, um, I mean, my work's probably my biggest sort of passionate at the moment with um trying to help people yeah like identify these sort of goals like you know just trying to expand it and not saying no to everything yeah. before even trying so if you need yeah, help yes, with that right. yeah i think i can definitely help out so, <laughs> but is there any like any the best way to contact you so just go through vision yeah just go through vision exactly go through vision yeah vision bangle yeah yeah, John, you're an absolute inspiration <laughs> to everyone. I hope whoever's listening to Iron Man really gives it a good crack. And if you need help, definitely hit this guy in Sydney. Um, John, thank you for coming on, man. You're an absolute no inspiration. No worries, thank you. No, all good, man. Peace!